Podcast Charge! Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of Lost in Translation 1. I'm May. And I'm Jay. And this time we watched Father and Son Destiny. Or, confirm it with a fist, uh, t of my fat hook. And, Thomas bursts on the scene. Or, the bust mode of Thomas' determination. For Digi News this week, first up, Try Chapter 4, 5, and 6 is going to be having a US cinema release. So that's exciting. Each individually or as one crazy mega movie? Um, Each individually, I think. That makes way more sense. So as they're released in the in, in English dub, the English dub will be released in cinema. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, can't wait for Episode 6 to be released in three years. No, I think they're actually releasing them pretty quickly. I mean, in Australia, it'll be three years. But in oh, America, yeah. it might be probably maybe the end of next year. We're never going to have a cinema release here. Oh, we're not going to have a cinema release here. But we'll have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, for three years. For $50, $50 Blu-ray. That, you thanks. enjoy that. Why wouldn't thanks you wait till the end and then when there's like a big box set of them all? There'll be a box set. Also, why I, wouldn't there be a box set? Also, I want to support the release and I'll buy the box set too if there was one. But I'm not going to. You're obviously not supporting it enough if they have to slow down so much between each episode. I've, I've, I've just got to buy more copies, multiple copies Please, of the same thing. Oh, God, no, that's a terrible idea. The next bit of Digi News. Now, it's a bit exciting for Australia. Uh, Data Squad is now streaming in English on Anime Lab. Yay! You're not going to get that from me. You can, you can have it though, because you have Premium Anime Lab. Yeah, well, you already gave me all the files. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I've always so we, legally so watched we can, it. So we can watch it legally, which is great, because it hasn't had a release. So, yay! So that's very exciting, and it's it's good when, especially in Australia, that we get a legal way to watch things. I mean, it'd be great if we could have a Japanese with English subtitle version, but that's that's not going to happen anywhere, which is unfortunate, because I will put all my money at it. For Lost News Lately, Mon, uh, just a bit of an apology. Uh, sorry for delaying V-Tamer number 9. Uh, there was some personal stuff going on. We will release it around Christmas before the next Lane episode, so nothing else will be delayed. So the future manga episodes won't be delayed. It's just this one will be delayed. And because we, we don't like delaying things, and we're really sorry about that, and we'll we'll endeavour to do better, and it just, I don't know, we, we don't like missing episodes, and we're really sorry. And thanks to Alivor for pointing out that episode 132 didn't process properly on SoundCloud, and it cut out in the last few minutes. The YouTube one was fine, so the actual audio file that I uploaded was fine. It's just that, for some reason, SoundCloud cloud kind of failed at the processing one and I don't listen to the whole episode once it's uploaded because once I get to the end of editing and I know that it's a full file and it's a complete file and it goes to from intro to outro and has the intro music and the outro music in the edited file and I was like I will trust SoundCloud that makes sense you're not gonna listen you know listen to it when you t- when you I hear recording it listen to it again when you're editing it and then you'll be like oh you want to listen to the whole thing again on every platform yeah but it, it was fine on, on YouTube because the as I said the audio file was fine so the audio file that I used when I set up the video that was fine but for some reason when I put the SoundCloud episode up it didn't maybe finish processing properly so now I had to just re it was easy fix as soon as I got home I re-uploaded the episode so I guess in future I'll just look at the timestamp of how long that episode is on SoundCloud and see if it matches up with my own timestamp so thanks to Ali Volk for pointing that out because no one pointed it out so I was kind of like a did did actually no one listen to the episode until like Thursday or listen on other platforms like it's YouTube, it's YouTube or SoundCloud, and we we only get like ten listens on YouTube on each YouTube episode. What what about like the podcasting apps? Uh, SoundCloud's the source. We use oh, um, SoundCloud right. gives us an RSS feed, and we give that link to uh, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, so I only okay. upload it to SoundCloud, and I then upload it to YouTube as a video. But the audio file is only from SoundCloud, and it uses that as an RSS feed, so it adds that to it. 
So no, yeah, the, the, the only audio file is SoundCloud. And on to Noctis Synopsis. The first episode they're watching this week will be called Father and Son Destiny or Confirm It With a Fist, Thoughts of My Father. What do you think will happen in this episode? I think he's going to have a... Hold on, how can he have a big old fist fight with his dad when they just ran away? Um, well, They didn't run away, they were like kind of attacked. Oh, no, they no, got no, away. Yeah, they got away on Sleepmon, that's right. Yeah, you know, Sleepmon. I thought, that, I thought, I thought, I thought they were hit into the moon by uh, Lucimon. <laughs> Disgusting. Sorry, can you read it out again? I don't have it in front of me. Father and Son Destiny or Confirm It With a Fist, Thoughts of My Father. I guess they do run into the dad again and there's like a fist fight and he's going to lose because he has to lose the first time because obviously the dad's fists are way stronger than the son's fists. It's literally the thing from Tekken. It's actually really sick. Do you think anything will annoy you in this episode? I think the like the Royal Knight's been good. I have very little faith they will remain good. Do you think it'll be a good episode though? Uh, I, I guess it's in the momentum of decent episodes but that's really optimistic and it's too hot for optimism. It's really, really bad here in Australia right now. It is so hot. I went for a five kilometer run and it- It, it was a mistake, it, don't 38. Which is hard to translate. That's like 110. No, maybe that's 110. Maybe it's 105 Fahrenheit. It's really hot. What rating? No, for the, the, 105 not the Fahrenheit. <laughs> the, the episode. Um, no, it's not that hot. Uh, look, I'm going to be pessimistic because I feel bad. And it's uh, just because of the heat and because uh, the names of the episodes are not inspiring. Let's go with a six. Like a low six. It'll be fine. So filler or not filler? Do I even have to ask? No, it will. Really, don't think it really can be. Yeah. It's too early in the arc. So this episode, episode 41, was, also, was written by Yamada. Kenichi, who also wrote episode 32, The Sacred City's Last Stand, Fiercely Attack Karada's Army Corps, Protect the Holy City, episode 37, The Battle with Balthmon, Awaken Agumon, Defeat Balthmon, and episode 40, The Royal Knights Assemble, The Strongest Order of Knights, The Royal Knights Gather. Does that change your predictions at all? Hold on, what happened in that last episode? It was this just, one, it was when... Was uh, that the last the, the, thing they, we saw? Literally the last episode, yeah. Okay. Um, when they went to the Diddle World, met Yggdrasil, and the Royal Knights were just there's fighting no, There's nothing all that special in these. Episode 40 was quite good. Yeah, but that was, they did 41, didn't they? What? Well, we're about to watch episode 40, 41. Oh, right. Right, yeah. fair enough. It, it is hot. fine. I yeah. can't remember if it was spectacular. The, basically, point. everything was a sort of okay. The second episode we're watching this week is called Thomas Bursts Onto the Scene. Or... Ooh, the I burst, wonder what's going to happen in this one. The burst mode of Thomas' determination. What do you think will happen in this episode? I, I, you know what? I, I think... No, it's definitely ruin mode. Definitely. You yeah, know, definitely. it couldn't possibly be burst mode or anything. It's not like it's in you know, the it's, title. The, the episode's called Thomas Ruined Day. So he just bursts onto the scene. Don't worry about it. I, Oh, sorry, Tama bursts his bubble. Like, oh, can we use any other phrases that have burst in it? That doesn't definitely give away what's going to happen. Do you think anything will annoy you in this episode? Um, uh, I will. I think I'll be annoyed if his burst mode doesn't come for any good reason. Because his, his ultimate evolution didn't come for any good reason. None of their ultimate evolutions really came for any good no, reason. No, but Masaru's was like at they, least yeah, more came... in tune with like how he was feeling. Yeah. But the other people had their evolutions at the same time. No, no Kutos was good because he actually got his own episode for uh, it. Okay, but Kutos is not one of the characters, let's I be honest. I love him, it's okay, it's fine. He lags behind. He's I love different. Him. Do you think it'll be a good episode and will anything annoy you? Um, oh, Look, honestly, all the stuff with Tama really turned around for me at this stage. So yeah, sure. So anything will annoy you? Uh, I guess if Tama becomes bad. Uh, look, I think it'll annoy me if his reason is crap. Tama speaks to a tree. But I'm not Gets totally burst sh- mode. <laughs> Gets burst mode and just turns around and it's like, I'm going to fight Masaru now. Hate that guy. What rating? Seven. Filler or not filler? It's not. But for that same reason that all the evolution arcs aren't filler. Like, I bet you, uh, what I'm thinking is that the stuff that happens in the episode is all filler. 
except that now there's another evolution. Right. So this episode was written by Yokoto, no, Yokote, sorry, my eyesight's bad, Michiko, who we haven't actually seen any episodes written by them for a while. Uh, so previously episode 16, Falcomon, Friend or Foe, The Allies Falcomon, Violent Blossomon, episode 22, The Wrath of Saber Leomon, Defeat the Ultimate Level, The Anger Wave of Saber Leomon, and episode 34, The Norstein Family Secret, which was a day of parting, the strongest enemy, Toma. Does this change the rating at all? Not I've, really. I feel I like guess... all these episodes were pretty solid episodes. I'm pretty sure episode 22 was one, like an episode I gave like a 9 to. I think I think you might have also given it a high rating for memory. I don't remember. It was one where we got the family moments and then Saber Leomon shows up and then dies. Oh, fair enough. I love when Leomon died. No wonder we yet got a 9. I, 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 for memory, I remember I liked it a lot. I got a lot of screenshots because it was very likable. We had lots of uh, cute Agamon in in, uh, the, in Masaru's house. It was very cute. So any other predictions? No. All right, on to the show. My brain is melting. Mine too. The start of episode 41 has Masaru remembering his dad and he remembers how he left and he gave him the necklace around his neck. So we finally get some explanation to what that is. And while we have been shown some significance to it and the dub has actually said that this is this was my father's, we don't know the full sort of thing and it, it seems to be this is the... The, the memento that he had from his father it was what he gave to him as he left, basically. I feel like everyone in letters and you talking about it called it a dog tag forever. Yeah. It's not. He calls it a pendant in both the English and Japanese. Yeah, I, just, I still think it's a dog tag. It, no, a dog tag has words on it. That's fair. This is just a necklace. Also, where does Masaru think his dad is going? Off to war, I guess. You don't go to war with, like, a camping backpack. Yeah. The army gives you that stuff. camping trip, I guess. Also, what war was going on in Japan in the 90s? That's a good point. Wait, yeah, because it's been 2000s. Yeah, it'd be the 90s. Japan was doing fine. So they're back in the human world. And yay, Sleepmon! I love him. Sleep, Sleepymon? I, I can't I can't pronounce it. It's, it's going to be Sleepmon. It's horse. Crossbow horse. He's got red Digizoid armor. Remember when we said about Chrome Digizoid not ha- happening? And then the next episode, they immediately mentioned Digizoid. Killed. I was like, totally called we literally it. said in the last episode, oh yeah, uh, Chrome Digizoid has been mentioned since Adventure. I think it's the English version actually uh, addresses it. And then like, oh, in the next episode, in the original version, they address Digizoid. Whether it's different from Chrome Digizoid, it's red Digizoid. So do you think that it's just the color or do you think it's like a grade? I think it's red color, whatever Digizoid is. Yeah. So Chrome is the color of Digizoid. Yes. That's not weird at all. And we find out Satsuma is alive. Yay. I had forgotten that he might have been dead. I didn't. I never forget. He's my friend. How? I don't even remember what happened anymore. Uh, the biohybrids blew him up. We literally got a flashback right this episode about why they thought he was dead. It was it was a good flashback. They, it they blew him up? Yes, we were given this. No, I've got nothing. This what? episode. Did you watch this episode? No, I didn't. What happened? We were given a flashback right this moment. Of- no, tell me about when he got blown up. I do not remember. The biohybrids attacked him. When? In the oh, tunnel. In the in the portal. I'm thinking of when they blew up the dad's building. No. Because you're talking about explosions. Yeah, no, no. They blew him up in the tu- in the like tunnel to the digital world. Yeah, somehow I just... You know what happens? When flashbacks happen, my, my eyes blur out and I stop caring. Well, I think it's because the flashbacks are there to exactly show you what you might not remember. And since you didn't remember, the flashback actually served a purpose. But also, like, they had a big flashback episode very recently... And all of them were pointless. They did actually mention Satsuma in that episode. They did or didn't? They didn't. Yeah, because they were trying I to save think. the surprise for yeah. now. Which is fine. So we find out that this is Kudamon, and Agumon's really excited that it's Kudamon. Then I realized in the intro, when we have Hirari, we actually see in the opening the two worlds, like the digital world and the human world merging, like with one in the sky and one in the ground, and it's merging. And I just I didn't realize that, and it was actually quite good foreshadowing. Why would 
Kudamon not have been in his Royal Knight form a whole bunch of times while working in the real world? Maybe he's not strong enough. He's a Royal Knight. Of course he's strong enough. No, strong enough to stay in that form. But isn't it their primary form? I don't know. Are all the other Royal Knights like flexing right now? And like if they relax, they're going to turn into babies? Maybe. Kudamon says that he was sent to determine whether or not the human beings were a beneficial existence to the Digimon. Megumi asks if he's a spy for Yggdrasil. And Kudamon says that he actually decided to grow fond of humans and he cannot, he simply cannot accept Yggdrasil's command to kill the humans. That is a fantastic deflection, which we should easily read as, yes, I was a spy. Yeah. So it basically says, yes, Kudamon was a spy. Were you a spy? Look, I decided you guys were fine. So here's a way to answer the question you asked, which was, why wasn't he always in the Royal Knight form? My theory is that Satsuma didn't know that he was a Royal Knight. He only thought that he was Kudamon. Satsuma didn't know what the Royal Knights were. Yes. So Kudamon, being a spy for Yggdrasil, didn't want to reveal who he was. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Royal Knight for the god of the digital world. Yeah, that, but that he doesn't have to questions. say that part. He can just say, hi, I'm Sleepmon, I'm big, I'm strong well, and I'll it. help you. Masaru's having a pretty bad time. He's just sitting off in a corner. It looks really sad. Satsuma says that they actually did meet Suguru once after he left. And he said he had no concern. And he said that this this man is not Suguru anymore. He has changed. And in the English version, he says, Ah, I was granted an audience with the king of the digital world. Yeah, because I can't say God. What, 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 that, what bothers me about that is in the original, it's like, Oh, no, I ran into him and we had like a we had an encounter. Whereas a ra- like I had an audience with implies that there were like formalities he had to follow. Yes. Somebody arranged it. There was a, like a time on Yggdrasil's schedule, sorry, King Drazel's schedule. Oh, and you're meeting with Satsuma of the human world today. Yes. And I think that's fine. I think, it, you know, he's... It really shows that he's high, his high order. Chica walks in and she gets sad. In the dub, Christy says that it's all lies and Marcus says he wishes it was. And this is instead of saying basically nothing. Then we get a scene where they're just sort of talking about what happened and they're talking about family. And in the English version, Yoshi comments that Keenan's English is getting better. Instead, And then he says something in, in uh, broken English again. And she's like, well, almost. And I don't, I don't know why they replace this sort of like a families. And they're sort of worried about their families. They're wondering about maybe their own families because Keenan's got a family. Yoshino's got a family. We, we haven't seen much of her family, but she's got a family. Lalamon wants Masaru's fried eggs. Oh boy, does she ever. And Agumon protects them, and Lalamon says that Masaru will be back to his normal self, and Agumon says that Anaki's not the type to get discouraged from this. And then Lalamon still tries to grab the eggs, and Agumon's just not having it. <laughs> and he's really aggressive about it. And there's a lot going on in this scene, I think, that I quite like. Um, because it's we've seen Agumon steal his fried eggs before, so he knows something serious, and he he shows that seriousness mm. by defending the fried eggs. Yes, so he knows how important fried eggs are, and I just I I really love that because it's such a small thing. It's like oh, it's just food, but it's so much more than just food to these characters. It's a really mm. important thing. And it's like a bonding thing between them. Well, I think more it's not that it's, he understands that fried eggs are important, but he understands that he shouldn't take this thing away from Masaru who loves them because of the the thing he's going through yes. and it shows that a Digimon still understands and empathizes with that which is weird because Digimon don't have parents so they shouldn't really no they shouldn't at least naturally they shouldn't like have that connection right Satsuma talks about the con- collision and about how the worlds will collide when Banshaliamon's power is used up then there's a Digimon signal and Masaru is talking to his mum and his sister and it's really a lot for Chika to take in like if you're th- if you're thinking about this she didn't she never met her dad no she really didn't well, like she was a baby like she met him but she probably didn't have any memories was- in the flashback she was a crying baby in her mother's arms it's, it's interesting she like she seems very offended like how could I, my father do this thing like she has no idea like she was she was a newborn she- like despite the fact she had hair she was a newborn yeah 
it just, I don't know, it'd be like growing up and not thinking you had a dad and then finding out he was a huge racist. Like, it doesn't change anything because you never thought you had a dad, maybe. That's a terrible example. Mm. But from her perspective, I guess nothing really changed, except maybe, no, there's no way she actually believed that the father was going to come back after 10 years. No, I would say, oh, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, she's never met him to start with, so that's the difference between Masaru's relationship with Suguru and Chika's. Absolutely. Because Masaru, I, Masaru was like just a young child and he idolized his father. He was always like, this is what a man should be. And he and that sort of shaped him when he grew up. And then we have Chika who never knew him. So she doesn't have that dependence and she doesn't actually, she probably hasn't really thought of him. She knows that he existed and she knows that he's a person, but she has no like actual like, like she, it's, it's sad, but she's not like, she doesn't seem to be totally worked up. Because no, she, she just, seems quite worked up. She, she was a newborn. But now because she knows that, you know, he is the god of a digital world and potentially doing bad things such as trying to destroy her world. I think that might be the thing that's upsetting her more. It could be. Like he's doing something pretty evil. So it's still a lot for her to take in, but it's not just... It's a different relationship from what Masaru feels is that Masaru had this image of his father, right? And now that image has been shattered and this image is... It, he's trying to destroy the world because he wants his world to last and he's the god of the digital world. So it's a big thing for both of them, but they're taking it in different ways because they have different backgrounds with how they feel about their father. Yeah. So she sa- Chica says she was always waiting in the original. In the dub, she's a lot more whiny about this. And the original, sh- original, she's like, you know, I always was waiting because you know, Sayuri so said, Mum said that that he would come back, and I was always patiently waiting, hoping that I would actually get to meet him. And then in the dub, she's like, oh, I wanted to because she's so whiny. <laughs> like, and as I said, like, she's never actually met him, so I feel like in the original, it's more realistic, because she's saying, I was I was waiting for him to come back, because it is still her father. But in, in the dub, she's just she's just really, really whiny. Oh, poor girl. I don't care about her at all, to I'll, be quite I really, honest. I really like the voice actress, because it's Rookie, but she's doing a really good job, considering it's a different <laughs> character. Because you can still hear that it's the same voice in the English version, but it's just, it's very different. But it's because it's it's quite good. She does. She has a good voice. Masaru says there must be a good reason that this happened. And Sayuri says that she still believes in Suguru. In the dub, she said that she married Spencer and not King Drazel. And then in the original, she says how keeping faith is what family does. It's amazing to me that no one has put forward the idea that maybe Yggdrasil and Suguru are still different entities. Like, that it's like a possession thing, not that he just thinks he's God. No one's even put forward that as an idea. Even though everyone is aware that Yggdrasil existed before Suguru showed up. Yeah. So, but no, no one's putting it forward because I think it's meant to be a big surprise. And that's the big twist. So, oh no, it's fine. Do you think it's like possessing him or something? Absolutely. I think it's like um photo uh, photosynthesis. That's yeah, not I, what it's called. I really photosynthesize with this. Uh um oh god homeostasis. Yeah. I think it's a lot like that, except it's more permanent. Mm. Because he was sent to go talk to Yggdrasil. That was the whole thing. That he was sent by Mercurimon, I think. Yeah, Marukimon said, uh, hey, I think you should meet with the god because our god wants to destroy the human world, but if you tell him your side of the story, he'll hate humans less. And you should really tell him that and maybe we can that there's there's a world we can b- build where Digimon and humans can get along. And instead, Yggdrasil just possessed him. And Rukimon forgot and killed and wanted to kill humans. Yeah, so about this show... Yeah, he softened. It's he softened. writing... But it, what do you mean it softened? It went the other way. Yeah, Marukimon softened later. It was like, oh yeah, Hakuto's fine, I guess. He's very, very changeable that way. Um, we get Dukemon blowing up some buildings, which is a weird sight. It vaporizes them. It's it's so weird considering we have Dukemon from Tamers, and this is a different like it's a different character. And I just I don't know Dukemon. It's always weird. Gilmon. Yeah. This, this Alcumon's a different character. Dukemon's got the same voice though, <laughs> which I guess is st- it, it, in the version it's fine because it's got a different voice. If it was the Takato Gilmon voice, like That'd it wasn't Frontier, that would make no sense. But in in the original version, it's still uh it's still the Goku voice. It's still the Gilmon voice. 
Akuto says that Kurata is the only bad human, and Dugmon says that unfortunately, Yggdrasil wants all humans dead. Well, now he does. And I think that's, I think this is fair enough. Because on one hand, yeah, no, it's a very legitimate argument to have. Well, it's, you don't hate humans, you hate this one human. Yeah. Dugmon's response is so legit, is so legit. Uh, it's not my decision. God yeah. told me to do this. And I like this because they are the royal knights. They are I mean knights. the divine knights. They're divine. Like, yeah. they're not royal. Yes. There's no king. In the, in the dub. That, in the dub, they're, they're royal knights. Okay, Makes anyway. Way more sense my, the the point is that they are following someone because they are knights and they are loyal to them, right? Yeah. They're the loyal knights. Oh. And I really like this how basically all the royal knights are kind of just like, yep. I know, we have to. <laughs> also, like, it's your world or ours. Yeah, they're in a they're in a very reasonable position, which is incredible because Kurata never had a reasonable position in his life. Yeah, and even when we have Yggdrasil saying, I hate humans, he's got reasons for hating humans and just saying, look, I, I would have just let them live and be horrible to each other, but it's our world or theirs. I know, I find that it's quite good and it's the Royal Knights so far have been not bad. Which is shocking, to be quite honest. And then we get some evolution. So many. so many. It just goes on. And then Agumon is running to find Masaru. He's then- running away from the evolutions. Oh, yeah, God. he's like, oh, no, 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 no more evolutions. Then we get a flashback. And I just want to say in the dub, little Marcus's voice is so unfitting. It's just like, it, it sounds like an adult putting on a child's voice. It's it probably like, is. oh, dad. So he's like, he, they're playing baseball, uh, playing catch. And Masaru is like, no, throw the ball as hard as you can. I can totally catch it. And I was like desperate to see him get just like bapped in the face by this baseball. That would have been really funny. But no, he throws the, the Suguru throws the ball really hard and Masaru totally catches it and falls over. And this is when he gets the pendant. Yeah. And it's, it's so cute. And it's like this sort of, the dad says, look, this is, this is proof of a grown man. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's such a really nice scene. And I'm glad we finally get sort of the reason why he always touched his neck, his pendant. And he always touched it very slightly. And it was never mentioned except for a few times the English dub was like, oh yes, family. Or, oh yes, my father gave me this. But in the original, he was always touching it, especially in the first arc when there were lots of moments about family in the the Vilemon episode when he's working for the for that the manju oh yeah, the, yeah. The and, food. and he's saying that this this is why father's in you know family's important and he's touching it and especially and he also touched it another time with akuto's family so it was always this very subtle sort of like touching and we need to know the significance of it and I think that's really well written because they're showing us far before it's relevant. It's not just the this this has only been relevant in the last like ten like ten episodes. No, this has been relevant since like episode like the start. He's always had it from the you first mean jury's episode. Jury's dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying like it's a whole it's a whole jury's family and issues with fate that we always said could have been brought in a little bit earlier. What's the sliding scale? I know the top of it is Yoli's family, so Yoli's issues with her family. That's the top of like yeah. introduced when it's convenient. Then it's jury's dad, and then there's this pendant's pretty good. It's not bad. Oh, is there anything earlier than that? That they've like they foreshadowed for I a think long the time. It's actually the best. Mm, maybe. So I think. I mean, I, did Atmon really foreshadow? Oh no, Atmon, oh, Atmon, Atmon, Atmon had tons. Had the, yeah, Atmon. Okay, the I th- eyes. I, th- I think we need to the stop. Red okay, eyes. We need to stop comparing Atmon to other seasons because Atmon will always win. Atmon's, I believe, sixth. It has no right to be like I love Atmon. Sixth in what, by the way, for the listeners who don't know? Okay, so there is a, an anime awards, and that's every year, and it's a top one hundred. Atmon's sixth. Yeah, it's the sixth best anime. Everyone was happy of the when it was year or of all time of the of the years. It's of current. It's of the season. Okay. Um, it could either be that the se- this season was bad, but it's beating My Hero Academia season two. Yeah, that's and weird. And th- I, I, last time I checked, that was seventeenth. Uh, Pokemon X and Y is like. 
30th and Pokemon Sun and Moon's like 50th. I'm interested in what the top five are. Yeah, we, we can look it up after this because it's in Japanese, but it's easy to read maybe. probably. There's probably a picture. Maybe. There's no picture. There's oh, just text. Um, but I know it is outranking a lot of things that I feel like... I know, it's just weird that it's go- doing so well. And I remember, like, wh- when it when it like outranked Pokemon at the very start, everyone, really was, saying, everyone was just saying, this is fine. It, as If it stays like this, this is fine, this is great. Pokemon stayed where it was. Because you were like, this is the best, first time like Digimon's outranked Pokemon, which reminds me a lot of, this is legitimately the first time in history the French president speaks better English than the American president. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's doing, it's, it's doing surprisingly and then, and well. And it was 10th and everyone was referencing, you know, the, the elections the and it's, it's the best number 10 ever and I cried. Uh, watch, so yeah, basically watch Atmon if you haven't already. It's good. It, I'm pretty sure it severely outranks a lot of things in Digimon. However, in all this, of it? this pendant, but just back to, back on topic, this, this pendant's really well written. I'm really 100% sure this pendant is going to be what turns Suguru back at the end. Right. Like it's going to have... It's going to be... The, that's why it's in the intro. It's the, the big emotional resonance that will, like, snap him yeah. out of it some way. Um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of done. And, 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 and but just back to while things... I'm mentioning things that are well written in Savers. And, again, I know you weren't a whole big fan of it, but the whole, like, Thomas sort I'm of turning it. on Masaru, I feel like that was easily foreshadowed from the start as well. No, I'm, I'm totally over that now. I think that once we established the bomb necklaces was there from the beginning, it's totally... It's totally fair. Yeah. But like, I just, it, that was so subtle that like, I, I just never caught it. I didn't even notice the bomb necklaces were there either, to be fair. But the um, point is, I feel like Savers do, seems to try harder than previous seasons. Like, as I mentioned, the, the Tamers jury thing, yes, while in the Liam on an introduction episode, she does harp on about hope and destiny, not, not hope, uh, fate and destiny. And that becomes relevant. And now the whole dad things was sort of like put in like a few episodes before it was relevant. I don't know. I feel like Savers did, did well here and I'm happy. Um, so we cut back to Dukemon, who has beaten everyone's Digimon off screen easily. Yeah. And also he's huge. He's a lot bigger than I feel like we've seen Dukemon be they before. They fluctuate. Um, although we saw all the Royal Knights together and they're all like towering. They're oh, all yeah, quite big. Oh yeah, they're all big. very large. So uh, he's just really, he just beats them all like super easily. And then Master shows up. Algamon evolves into Shine Greymon, gets the sh- the grey sword. So no, before that, Masaru punches him right in the face. And it appears to hurt him. Which means Masaru did more damage than everyone else's ultimate Digimon combined. I think we have to say that Masaru's got some actual magic power in his punch because he, it's not the first time his punch has done more damage than other Digimon. He's he's the strong... He's pretty much the strongest Digimon there. There is no evidence that if he did the fight by himself, he wouldn't win. Right. Because obviously... Duke One never actually tries to fight him. I'd, I'd be keen just to watch Digimon Savers, but it's just Masaru doing all the fights by himself. It's like um, I was reading today, the Harry Potter, but Harry never does any magic and just, just yeah. puts muggle solutions into all the into all the problems. Right. The uh, With the lake in Goblet of Fire. Oh yeah, here's a scuba, here's scuba <laughs> gear. You've never seen it before, but it's it works. Yeah. Um, so you punch him in the face, then Shining Greymon evolves. Shining Grey Sword comes out. And I, I'm, I was surprised to see the sword come out again because I really thought it wouldn't come back. Um, well, I feel like Savers is not one to, like, you know, not use something. It isn't being, like, you know, it's not the end-all solution. It's not like the, okay, now I win the fight. It's just sort of like it's a, it's a buff and then he goes to burst mode, which is stronger than that. Yeah. But it's nice to show that you still go to Shine Greymon first. You don't just skip straight to burst and mode. And you pull the sword out immediately as well. Yes. 
There's no like waiting for the fight. Oh, well, that didn't go perfectly. Now get the sword. And that didn't go perfectly. And, Bursma- and he doesn't go Bursma in this fight, does he? Um, I feel like he does. Maybe he doesn't. I, always, I just assumed he does. No, maybe he doesn't. Because he's not. there's no like emotional resonance to it. Yeah, I feel like Burst Mode needs an extra something. Also, like, it he- always needs like a huge punch. Also, presumably, if he'd gone Burst Mode, he would have won. But he doesn't. Instead, because- Sleepmon yeah. sacrifices himself and sort of takes Dukemon down into the into the water. Also, um, I forgot to mention that uh, his name's not Sleepmon in the English version. It's Kentarismon. It's like a centaur but badly yeah. written and whenever he talks he says my friend and he calls Dukemon his friend and it's kind of like oh he has friends oh no he's saying it in a sassy way like oh get out of my way friend yeah. I'm not your friend buddy I'm not your buddy pal so Dukemon says that attacking desperately can only go so far and Masaru says that he's got to confirm his dad's true feelings Kudamon asks Satsuma to evolve him and he does and Dukemon asks why they're siding with the humans and Sleepmon says that he's, he's, he's siding with the humans because Yggdrasil is, is right that humans are foolish but they can evolve too and mend their ways like he's, they're evolving as in they're maturing and they're growing and they're improving themselves and this actually reminds me of a part in Digimon Adventure when Yamato's in the cave of depression and he's saying a how, terrible name. He's saying how he wants to evolve himself. He wants to evolve too. I don't know, it just, it just reminds me of that. The sort of like evolution as like a, a metaphor for growing up and that humans can evolve too and they can change and they can improve and they can mature and they can prove their own per- personal issues and go through their personal struggles. And I like that. Dukemon says that they will get no honour in defeating... Like he will get no honour in defeating Sleepmon. You'll have no honour. I like this because Dukemon's saying, I don't want to defeat you. Yeah, it's not, it's not what he's here to do. And Dukemon doesn't really want to defeat the humans either. Yeah. He, that's his job. It's so much better than the other Royal Knights who are like, I want to go to the human world because reasons. Yeah. So Kentorismon wants to freeze them both to death, so he sacrifices himself. And then at the end of the fight, when they, I guess, die... Do they die? We don't see any eggs. Yeah, we don't see eggs. Are the eggs under the water? Or are they frozen, do you think? I would say frozen, maybe. Yeah. But we don't actually know the outcome. And whenever you don't see an egg, you're just like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, well, not dead. Because this season really likes to show you eggs. It likes eggs in a lot of ways. It Mostly likes, fried. It likes eggs either... Yeah, yeah definitely. It like either likes eggs flying off into the sunset, going back to the diddle world or whatever, or being... That is not how they work in this season. I, I know, no, they get picked you, up by humans. Yeah, I know. Though the Royal Knights, when they die, I'm pretty sure they get sent back. They just float, I'm pretty sure they float into the Amazon. Yeah, wrong. no, that does... As far as I remember, that does happen to Lord Nightmon next episode. Yeah, Why does that happen? I think, I think, the, it's, I think it's because of Yggdrasil. Also because the, th- the way is just open all the time Yeah, now. also it's in the sky now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we see some Nightmon do the same thing. And then we also see, you know, when it's being defeated by Gizmon, they explode. They really like to show you what happens to the eggs. Yeah. And Frontier did that too. And I feel like it's a lot like Frontier in that way. We have to save all those people on Eldoradimon. Eldoradimon is fully already dead. They all died. They all died, my friend. I'm sorry. with that lance. They didn't get missed by the lance. Masaru wants to go to the digital world to find his dad, and Akuto agrees and says that a heart-to-heart will help, because that's, like, what he had with Marukimon. Masaru flies off alone, and then in the dub, there's a dumb joke about Kenan's English when Marka says, me will. It's dumb. It is so irresponsible for them all to let him go alone. They should go together. But I feel like they... I feel like it's they. I feel like they should have split halfway. Like I'm, I'm, I hate splitting up the group, but I feel like that would be good. Like we have some Digimon who are protecting the human world and protecting the the onslaught of Digimon who are trying to kill them, and then we have some people going with Masaru to the Digital World. Though I think we've established that Masaru is the strongest. I mean, yeah, I guess that's one thing. It's like, well, he beat he beat Digimon, and none of you could even working together. And he could but punch they didn't Dugmon. even attack all at once. Jeez. Yeah. How come they only attack all at once when they win? I don't know. They don't. Sometimes they do it and they don't win. Oh, and they do the smoke. Did we get him? No, it's anime. You didn't get him. The smoke clears. Imagine if the smoke clears and the bad guy's just dead on the floor and you're like, guess we got him. I want to see that one day. 
What do you think of this episode as someone who was new to Digimon? It was good. Like, it was... I guess it was fine. All of, all the elements were done well. I just... It wasn't very entertaining, I guess. I, I enjoyed the, the flashbacks. I feel like those were really well done. No, like, they all... They all serve their function well, and I just found them all very boring. Mm. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. But it also wasn't entertaining. And that might be a function of my feelings about Digimon at this stage. So I'm not yeah, going to hold that against it. But the last few episodes you've been enjoying. That's Jay, fair. you enjoyed the clip show. Well, you said it wasn't like, you know, the best episode, but you actually found some justification in why it's not terrible. That's true. And you gave it a six, which is, I think that's better than anything you gave in Frontier. Yeah, I think six was like the highest score I gave. Maybe I got one seven in there at some stage. But also it was a save as six, which is better than anything in Frontier. That's true. Frontier was bad. Yeah, I mean, we, sh- we shouldn't like, drag on Frontier all the time. I'm gonna. But you can't stop me. Look, Frontier does have some redeeming things. Like, it is a good world. But Not really. But Flex Savers is much better written. Which is good. It's good to go to f- from Frontier to Savers. What, so, how'd you rate the episode? It's like a... Six, yeah, it's not, it's not great, but also it's not bad. I gave it a seven. Fair enough. Like it was, seven it was, was fine. I, it wasn't boring. I love the fact that they're addressing that the pendant. I still think it's a dog tag. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And what about how this episode compared to predictions in Rock Synopsis? Um, I was way wrong. I just assumed that Masaru would run into his dad in this episode, and like he would set up that the dad's way ahead of him. And there's like a you know do do the shonen thing of like oh you lost. But for whatever's in the bad guy leaves you alone, and they have to build way back up to that level. But we didn't get introduced to that. Instead, we just beat a royal knight. And given the next episode, that's the arc we're in: is beat a royal knight every episode, or more or less. I assume. And since there's like 18 of them, it's going to take a while. Right. What was the major difference that you noticed? Because I didn't actually get that many. Um, It has to be... And I know it's... it's it, The thing is, Yggdrasil as a god versus being a king never mattered until like this episode when people start to talk about it. Because the difference between a god and a king is huge from a perspective of like what you expect from someone. For example, if Yggdrasil is a god, that means a god's interaction with a human who went to meet him means it's so much more likely to be a homeostasis possession thing. And then, obviously, he has actual magic, because he's a god. But if he's a king, it makes more sense for them to think to themselves, you know what? He's probably declared himself the king, right? Yeah. And he's just gone crazy, and he's a weirdo. So, the impressions that he gives, or that a god versus a king gives to all the other characters, to me, seems really significant. That's fair. And probably for the first time in this episode. Yeah, I, I guess that's the only really difference that I noticed. I Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough these episodes, but I just not get in, get any differences. But I feel more about that in the next one. Yeah, but no, it's um. I feel like it was a pretty together episode, like in terms of things they cut. There, there will always be Rosemon getting cut, and I'm not even going to mention every time Rosemon's edited or cut in some way because I feel like I think we should just assume. <laughs> exactly. It's the same as like there are, there are a few bits of like generic violence that is replaced with like a flash, and this happens in every episode, so I don't mention it because it's just it will always happen, and there's always a scene, and it's not relevant anymore because we don't see him anymore. But Rise Greymon always would have a shot where he shoots towards the screen. And that happened quite often. And that was always cut in English version because I guess it's like violence towards the, the viewer. It's too bad this design has a gun. Like his entire, like one of his arms is just a gun. But it's just, the only step is gun. <laughs> Robots are cute. No, they're not. not. Yes, they are. Even, Even this, this gun, gun 
but no, real talk. I I don't. I feel like there are some changes that are in every episode, so I don't mention them because I feel like, hey, Jay, do you want to hear about how every time Rosemont's cut? The one that always annoys me is you're like, oh, the music was really different. I'm like, who who notices the music? I I really tune into the music. I just I feel like the music can set a scene and how emotional it is. And also, I, I think Hirari's the best song in the season. Though, like, real talk. The start of the next episode has Dynasmon destroying a city and he's got lots of Nightmon alongside him. And the Dats team are there and they're trying to defeat the Nightmon, but there are just like hordes of Nightmon. I just realized, I thought it was New York, but it makes no sense at all it would be New York because the kids are there and you can't fly. We do get some clips, I believe in this episode, of of like the Royal Knights going around the world, like at landmarks and causing havoc there. And I feel like this is a missed opportunity during these scenes to show the other members of Dats. Wait, no, it was New York. Because the Statue of Liberty was there. Yeah, I guess so. Because I know we saw like I'm pretty sure we saw the Arc de Triomphe, right? Yeah, and I think the I think the Twin Towers were still up. What year was this in? 2005. That seems very late to have those towers still up. That's a good point. Are you sure it wasn't another World Trade Center like the one in KL? But it was. I, I recall, and I don't know, it was a long time ago that I watched it earlier today. Um, but I feel like the two towers in the center, and then there was the the Eiffel, not Eiffel Tower, the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, you know, the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower Statue. In New York. It's French. Yeah. The Statue of Liberty. Point. I don't know. Either way. Uh, but how good would it be if they would have shown the international Dats agents in these scenes? That would have been good. That is a missed opportunity. I think I called it at the beginning of the show. We'd never ever see the international. I'm Dats pretty agents. sure we don't. I ho- I hope I want to be proven wrong because I don't remember. Dats is a Japanese organization because Digimon don't go anywhere else. They definitely wouldn't be good to handle this situation. Well, they definitely explained that. Well, they didn't explain. They told us that da- like for some reason Japan had the most amount of Digimon occurrences. Apparently. To me, the best part about this would be is if, because Kudamon is the person reporting back to Yggdrasil, uh-huh. right? Kudamon does not know that there's any land beyond the ocean. Huh. So he's like, this is the human world. It's yeah. Japan. So he's like a little dog. And he's just like, the, the world consists of my house, the park, and the beach. And it's really great. Sometimes the vet. Sometimes the vet. I don't want to go there. We can kill that. It's okay. <laughs> so he's like this little dog. He's just like, yes, he's a dog scarf. <laughs> he's a dog scarf. Dog scarf. Woo. So there's a plane trying to fly off and it's Thomas' dad trying Being to get stupid. away. Um, and they get attacked. He calls for help. doesn't make any sense. No one can hear you when you're in a plane. But either way, Toma comes by and Mirage, Galgamon, knocks away the Nightmon, etc. And he shows up and he's like, look, Dad, you can't fly away. There's Digimon trying to murder people out there. And his dad goes, no, no, I can I can fly. I'll just mention the Norstein name and then we'll take off. Like, he thinks it's a weather emergency. It's, it's, you know, there's a bit of rain. Yeah. And so maybe planes shouldn't go around. It's not like there's... Because here's the thing, right? If you don't know what a Digimon is, or you're not familiar with Digimon... And in fact, just in truth, it's just an alien invasion... That's yes. what it is. Yeah. And he thinks to himself, you know what? The aliens are invading and literally wiping out entire sections of the city. And there's a and there's a no-fly zone for that reason. I, I better put this metal tin can in the air He's where they can knock dumb. me out of the sky. But I feel like in a lot of pieces of media, in, in disaster films, they, there's always someone who tries to fly a plane and ends up dying. I feel like it's just a thing. People are stupid. Um, the only thing that this does, in hindsight, is when he says, I need to go... Def- defend the Norstein home because like what's he gonna do right he's, he's not gonna defend it any more than anyone else mm. but what it shows is his priorities 
and those priorities are the um like the history and tradition of the family yeah and he's which, very drawn to, like by that sort of he's motivated by his family and oh i guess i i'm very important and it's it's my family and the, you know the family name and it's very important for the family name yeah and that's like his motivation but it's also like he thinks that he can get past things because of the family name because i guess that's just what he's used for like used to but it's clearly also true yeah he can but those things are all human things not angry digimon things but i feel like they showed that to us quite well like the whole like, importance of his net of his own name yeah and i mean he's got like a seal on the side of the plane and everything yeah um and i think that this episode does a really really good job with this character and yes Tama as well i think it does a really excellent job of sort of tying it all together with them i feel like in the original he is a lot like i know he's a lot more like he seems a lot more panicked like he's doing this because he's pa- he's pan he's more panicked he's he's panicked about this he's worried about his daughter he's worried about his son he's worried about his family's worried about things like that and he's maybe not acting rationally because of that but he doesn't seem to be me- being mean because of it he's just panicked and stressed in the dub he's just like awful and just grumpy and he's just rude to his daughter and rude to his son and his son's trying to explain things and he's just like oh well, well son i don't think you should talk to me like that <laughs> but i don't know it's just, he seems a lot more aggressive in the dub Rolanda gets up and she falls over and her father holds her and begs for help. Then Mirage Gargamon shows up, and Toma tells his father off, and he says he shouldn't have tried to take off when, in, in these conditions because he's exposing Elena to danger. That's fair enough. And the dub, he, he mentions, like, you know, where, where were you going to fly? This is a worldwide problem. Because Thomas' dad didn't know that. Well, I'm going to fly to Norway, where all those DAS agents you used to work with have Austria. obvious... Oops, I wrote Norway in my notes at least twice. <laughs> Toma asks what his father has protected so far. Toma has a flashback to them leaving the house in Japan, and his dad's being really cold, and Toma really wants to show him his, like, growth chart on the wall. He's like, look, dad, look, dad, and his just, dad just walks off. His yeah. dad does not care. Well, I mean, his... his- girlfriends just died i don't think they were married i think it's mentioned no well because the the implication to me was they're living apart maybe no like there's i don't think it's i think that he was living there i think that's perfectly reasonable that was just fine no i don't think he was living there on the basis that tomma wanted to show his dad the the wall chart the growth chart why would he want to show him the growth chart if he was there he's Mm. saying look dad look dad i think and we get this from the grandmother scene later on I think Thomas' dad just kind of left the mother and left his son to be in Japan and just left. Well, I think what I think it is, and the implication of what the grandmother says is she 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 clearly doesn't approve of him so much. She says she's not a proper Norstein, right? Yes. To me, what that means is that that his dad went to Japan. He met this woman. He you know got together with her. She had a kid, and obviously he's off doing other things. In fact, this makes a lot more sense. Basically, they had a child out of wedlock, and then he went off to do his Austrian royalty thing. So she dies, and she was presumably a single mother, and she dies, and the only person who's a guardian left in the world is this guy. So he's called in to pick up this kid now, and he has to bring them in, uh, he has to bring this kid in to Austria and introduce him to the grandmother. And so he's the technical definition of a bastard, which if you watch any Game of Thrones is a big deal in these royal family types. His name is Thomas Snow. Yeah, pretty much. Or whatever they would say in Austria. Thomas Bratwurst. Good point. Um... So yeah, I thought that was quite interesting um, that there's some personal stuff going on over there. And so I, I sort of got the impression more at the time that he was still like a father, but maybe it was just like, oh, well, I'm now just responsible for this kid that I didn't want, yes. but that this woman kept. Uh, and it's it's weird because I never really thought about it, but one of the big things, because he's blonde, right? And you don't think about it. When you see blonde people in anime, you go American or European, like full on yeah. go. 
he's half Japanese, so he would he would look very different to the Austrian family and yes. to the grandmother well, who has these very strict the, bloodline the grand, feelings. The grandma even says, "You do have your mother's eyes," which is basically saying that in anime he, that he, means that doesn't mean as much. But now that I think about it, yeah, yeah. no, no, that is very like it's it's racist saying you you have a Japanese person like you, you have Japanese eyes. Yeah, you don't have Caucasian eyes. You're not you don't look European by your eyes. Hmm. Maybe everything else. He's he's Eurasian. He's 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 got he's half Austrian, half Japanese. So he he would he might have blonde hair. I mean, it could be all blondish or something. I think I only noticed in this episode is his his head is his hair darker than his dad and and sisters. I think his sister's more of a platinum blonde, maybe. Yeah, I think that they're both like whiter, and his is sort of. I think it's, a bit I think darker. it's to show that he's not he's different from them. Yeah, I he's hadn't noticed it enough. before. And they even say like you are part of this family, but you're not part of the family. Have you noticed? Which is a lot. To, that's really deep it's, to tell a five year old. It's pretty rough. Have you noticed the weird thing with the Norstein men that they wear short sleeve white shirts and vests? I just feel like that's like, oh, that's probably what Caucasians wear. Why do they wear that? I don't know. It looks real weird. Um, this, oh, the big puffy short sleeves. Oh, God. Anyway, so... These flashbacks are great. Um, yeah, and then, and then I say, I sort of guess at the time that the, the sister must not be... No, his actual sister. She's, 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 she's younger a than a half sister. Yeah. yeah, she is. In which case, in which we find out very soon, the, um, the she, grandmother, like the, the mother, di- like the the new wife or the new yeah. girl. I would say wife, maybe, or the new partner of Thomas' dad died in childbirth. Yeah, and the grandma says, says, as long as you save the daughter, because she is a true Norstein. Yeah, which is a weird thing for her to say, given that. She walks out of the room and says, "Yeah, she's not doing so good. Just marry off, marry off your kid in some like arranged marriage with someone of like a noble stock, and that'll be good enough. Because yeah. their kid will be a Norstein enough." I.e., she's saying, you know, thin out the bloodline. Oh, it's super weird. This racist grandma. Yeah, this is, and I feel like it's it's actually quite well written that way. That's like she cares so much about her bloodline. She's saying, "Look, this girl is frail. We saved her. She's a Norstein. She's." Far too frail, though she can't she can't be strong for Norstein. So all we can have is your son. So we need to find we need to arrange him a marriage with a with a beautiful Austrian royalty or something, so they can so they can carry on the bloodline there. Honestly, with how the grandma is, I'm surprised she didn't say we have to make Milena and Tom have children. <laughs> they're not Targaryens. Well, they're they mean because they're they're half. So I'm I'm a bit surprised they didn't like. Didn't I mean, it is that. anime. Yeah. Look, I call her my sister, but she's actually my cousin, which basically means we're not related. Basically. So, Rolena's having spasms in present day, and Guapamon evolves to Shabu Jingmon. Really cool, by the way. That's if you think so. Love all the Kaimon evolutions. Big fan. Toma remembers Rolena's birth, and this, as we mentioned before, there, there was some, some issues, during, some complications during the birth, and the grandma just says, just save the daughter. And in the dub, the mother isn't mentioned at all. Sacrifice the mother. Like, she's just not mentioned. Because, because I guess just dying in childbirth is like that's pretty, rough. That's pretty rough. Imagine like you're, you're you're you sent your kid to watch Saturday morning cartoons and they walk back to you and they go, "What does stillborn mean?" Oh yikes! <laughs> Tom revolves Galmon, and we get we see Lord Nightmon, and in the dub, in Lord Nightmon, Lord Nightmon in the Lord. dub. Surprisingly, Rhode Island Nightmon. Lord, Lord Nightmon is a man in the dub. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. He's, he's got he's, they gave him a lisp though. He's got a weird which, voice, which could be a little bit. A little bit offensive, maybe? Mm, 
It's not the worst thing they could have done. Yeah, it's, it's um, not that thing they always said that Lord Nightmon did in Frontier, which he never did. Yes, yeah, so I don't know who. I don't know who said that, but I guess the only part was the brotherly love part. But I, I don't know. But as I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a gay man, so I, I wouldn't be able to say that's offensive or not. I got all these Frontier flashbacks from all these attacks, though, and I'm like, uh, stop. Oh, it's not helping. I love Lord Nightmon though. Although that said, if I see um, what is it like the Wyvern? Oh, the Breath of Wyvern. If I see like- Breath of Wyvern, I'll mark out though. I will. Oh, because that's a good phase, and that sends them to them. Wouldn't that be a good Easter egg of like they end up on the moon? Wouldn't be an Easter egg because they'd all die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you can't be on the moon in the real world. I forgot. Mirage Gargamon attacks and is injured, and Yoshima notices that Thomas' composure is breaking. Thomas has another flashback, and it's when the grandmother has t- told the father about to succeed the. Like, Toma has to succeed Relena because she's too weak and he has to be the one to carry on the Norstein family. And she must he must be found a suitable bride. And this is what we were mentioning earlier. Kamemon devolves, even though he has his first on-screen evolution, which honestly I find a bit weird. Yeah, but he's not a main character. Yeah, and also we only to perfect. So it's, uh, yeah. Relena is dumb and she tries to get up and runs off to see her brother. What's the dumbest thing she could possibly... Again, it's like an alien invasion. She's like, oh, I'll do something. I'm a small girl who's sick. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm just going to run. She's she's on a wheelchair. She's on a gurney. No, normally, normally she's on a wheelchair. Fair enough. Her legs work. She just gets tired. Yeah, I think she's just weak. And so the dad runs after her and she's about to get killed and Thomas saves her, which actually means that Mirage Galgamon saved her and Toma was there. Toma held her and Mirage Galgamon stood behind him. Yeah, holding her doesn't help here. It's mostly the blocking the blast. His dad said that he acted out of desperation and he always did everything to protect his family name. And then we get another flashback of Toma crying and then Toma sees himself in his father and he tells him to take care of Elena as he's going to protect him. And then he gets to burst mode. Mirage Galgamon shatters Road Nightmon, like just straight up shatters it. Like just... He- just shatters. Yeah, he punch, but he does it to himself though. Like he he hits uh, Galgamon's weapon and just like his his arm explodes and then he dies. It's embarrassing, really. Yeah, but it is that power up of first episode. Yeah, he'll be crap next episode. Don't yeah. worry about it. But also, I feel like they didn't have enough time to fight with Mirage Galgamon burst mode because they wanted to actually have content to the episode. And, and they like, told them much better story because they had time. Like, imagine if this happened in the first five minutes and we just got fighting. Like, I would much rather... Oh my god, that'd be so awful. Like, as, as great as big fights are, I prefer when they sh- spend more time focusing on why the evolution is taking place or the character development. Yeah, what if none of those... Fla- what if you didn't see any of those flashbacks? That'd be awful. You just saw them arguing with the dad and then the, and then the dad runs over and goes, No, well, I'm totally changed now. This was great. And I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Toma. I, I love Masaru, but not a huge fan of Toma. But this episode, this was a good, this was good. So then Mirage Gargamon, yep, he defeats Road Nutmon, and Road Nutmon's uh, egg goes to the, back to the Diddle World. And Thomas' dad asks if he'll be okay. And Thomas says that he's a Norstein, so he's going to be okay. And he's going to go to the digital world. You see that? He expressed concern over Thomas' health. That's character development. Good yeah. on him. And he's That's the even, end of that story arc. He's not He's not even a character, the dad. But we actually he got, is, like, vaguely. I mean, he's not like... Not a main character at all. But when in other seasons have we had like character development from a parent? Um, the, um, what's his name? Eri's mom. Eri's mom. Eri's mom. But she didn't develop. She, that was just, that, she, she was great. That was what she always was. Uh, the dad of, what's his name, who sucks. I don't know. Terry Mon's partner. Oh, Jan Yu. Jan Yu's dad. Yeah. No, no, Jan Yu is the dad. Jen was dad, Jan Yu. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess Jury's dad had some development. Like, he went from, like, yeah. not caring to well, realizing he didn't care, but he was just kind of like an awkward dad. No, he always cared. We just found out about him. Oh, yeah. And Jury was, we were looking. We were looking through the eyes of Jury, which was an un- like unfaithful. Yeah. But uh, no, it's um, it that was the end of the episode. 
What do you think of this episode as someone who is new to Digimon? This episode was really good because it not only was a reasonable way... The thing about Thomas burst mode here is it's so much more calm than um, Masaru's because they're different people. What I didn't like about what it was presented, even the Japanese, they did this. Toma is standing perfectly still. His mouth doesn't move. His eyes are looking forward in this determined way. I'm like, that's perfect. And then there's a sound. Ah! This big yell. His mouth doesn't move. Yeah. It's closed. Yeah, they, they didn't need that part. They could have just had him erupting because that's his personality isn't to erupt and explode. He's and not yell. angry. Yeah, he's, he's, he's determined. determined. And I like that that's... That shows the difference between the burst mode and we had Masaru who was just like, I am going to protect everyone. Yeah. And, and obviously that's the key trigger is protection at the stage. We know that. But what I really like about this episode specifically is it totally explains Thomas' dad in every way because Thomas' dad is a victim of his mother. And by implication, she is probably a victim of her parents in the same way. Yeah. Because Thomas is breaking out of a vicious cycle of this weird Austrian royalty. And one imagines that the reason Thomas' dad was so upset at uh, Thomas taking the position at Dad's was because that's not what his grandma mm. wanted him to do want him to settle down with a nice Austrian royalty girl and have kids. And so it sort of ties everything together yeah. in this really nice, like, neat bow. Also, I like the episode because they didn't tie in Masaru to it at all. Even though he left left last episode. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that he left in the basis of... I'm glad that he left. No, no, I'm, I'm glad that he wasn't involved in this story because it's sure. not his story. He has no right to be in this story. This is this is Tom's issue. Yeah, I mean, the chief was there, but, you know, he didn't do anything. The chief was great. But he has reason to be there because of he was in the, the hospital and stuff. So that's fine. And also, I just like Gu- Guapamon and every other that comes out of Kamimon is my friend. I just, I really am, I, I know, sometimes you just, they always force the gold kid or I guess in this, in this case, main character. In the necklace kid. To be involved in the plot in some way. Yeah. And I'm glad that he wasn't because he shouldn't be. I get that. This is not his episode and it was Thomas' episode and I feel like they did a really good job. What'd you rate this episode? It's uh, probably a seven. I gave, it a, I've, I gave it a 6.5 but I feel like I was, I was, I was watching sure. this when I wasn't like in, like I wasn't having fun, like I wasn't feeling that great. So I, I feel like I agree with you for a seven. I, I feel like it's definitely as good as the last episode, personally, for me. I think it's better. How did it compare to Predictions and Noxious Synopsis? Um, I was wrong. <laughs> in the sense that, like, obviously, I knew that he was going to get burst mode. But, like, it, I, I was very pessimistic about the way it would go. And it was op- opposite of that in every way, in the sense that it was it was done well. His, his actual reason for the burst mode was, was good. And just everything worked out. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, it's, it's always good when you when you get things wrong. Because, like, it, it surprises Cause I'm, you. Because I'm such a pessimist. When yeah. I'm wrong, it means it was good. Though I feel like the previous episodes that the writer of this episode did were all quite good episodes. So I feel like that's that, that's fine. It's to be expected that it's a good episode then. What was the major difference you noticed? Because I did not get them. I, my only difference is that Thomas' dad was more aggressive. But again, as I mentioned in the last episode, there's some things that's the same in every episode. Like some things are cut and some things are removed, some things are edited. And sometimes it's in the dub, people are just angry. Um, and for me, the one thing that I guess really stood out was the grandmother's issues with Toma. And in hindsight, it was a lot more that she was just a huge racist in the Japanese. Whereas what I was, what I took out of it was that it was that he was at a, uh, a kid out of wedlock. That wasn't her issue. She would be perfectly fine with that as if it was like an, a, an upright Austrian woman. Um, so that was, it was racism there. And it was, oh, the common blood in the English, yeah. which is to, which is less to do with 
you know, the ethnicity of yes. his mom and more to do with the royal lineage. So presumably if they if she had been some kind of Japanese princess, she would have been all on board with it in the English version. Oh no, it's just it was just ra- it was just racism. In the Japanese for sure. It been in both versions they still say you have your mother's eyes. Yeah, but but it is taken like I I took that in a very racist way. I think it's I mean, a lot I more racist I, in the in the Japanese when It's straight up it said. Does, well, because when they say common blood, it's all, all of a sudden it doesn't matter where it's from. It has to do with you not being royal. Yeah. And that's totally different. Yeah, but it, in the original, it's definitely, it's definitely race, I, I, I would say. So we got an evolution. Do you have any thoughts about it? Like the, the activation, the whole evolution thing. Do you think it was better than Masara's episode to burst mode? Probably. I think so. I feel like it was more dramatic in the way that I feel like it was, despite it didn't have as much screaming or as much stomping around. And yes, Agumon didn't just, he, he was just brought up from, the, brought back from the dead effectively. I feel like this one had a lot more meaning to it. I don't know. He just, he just seemed so determined. And while it was still wanting to protect someone, it was just, it was great. I wish but, they hadn't done that big yell. Yeah. Oh no, the, the yell didn't fit. It just, I don't know. I, I, I really liked, the, I always do like evolution episodes. If I ever say I don't like an evolution episode, something's wrong with me. Or it's or, really bad. Or or if it's really bad. I feel like... Remember I've, that pissing turtle? I do. Yeah. No, that that evolution episode was bad. The <laughs> the V-mon to X-V-mon forcing... So awful. That that was probably the worst episode that had an evolution in it. I think it might be. I think the best one's probably Flower Power. I don't remember anymore. It had all the character development for... No, no, no. Like, not that I don't remember that episode. I don't remember all of the evolution episodes we've ever seen. We've literally seen dozens. Yeah, good point. We actually have by this point. Yeah, probably more than that. Many, many, many evolution episodes. I would say it's almost, maybe almost 100, maybe? Uh, not that's why I went with dozens honestly because I don't think it's that far it's more imagine than, there's okay so there's, imagine there's eight a season right there's more than eight a season Evol- oh, god it, no that's right because it's not because they have it's not the amount of kids there are it's the amount of kids times four but then remember in adventure we had baby to child no that, no, that was all at once yes but that's still uh, no I'm okay no evolution episodes right so that was all at once but that was still one was, I mean they got two in that episode so I guess that's not fair but no they all but get right, baby times. to adult adult to champion champion to mega and then you get mode changes. That does, uh, that ad- does ad- count, And yeah. additional evolutions. So there are at least, there are three evolutions, there are three primary evolutions for every kid. Yeah. And then in Zero Two, they had armor evolutions times two. Yeah. And fusions. And, and to adult. No, so armor evolutions times two. And in addition to the base three. Yeah. Um, they also fusions. had fusions and then the mode changes and then and oh, then mega digital mega revolution. and then in frontier they had getting different spirits and then combining yeah. those spirits and then combining more there spirits there probably are like more and cause I would say 100 I would probably more think about it this way right in adventure by itself there are 8 kids and if they get 3 evolutions each you're looking at already 24 and oh no but they don't, they don't, all, they don't all get to ultimate so it's 16 it's probably about 20 in adventure by itself yeah yeah, so if, if it's about 20 a season, we've seen more than 100. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's, that's why I would say 100, because we do get a lot of ones per season. We get Think about that. Yeah. Each of, almost all of those, and not always, because obviously in this season, all of their ultimates came at once, but at the same time, all their burst modes are coming separately, so they're yeah. their own thing. Um if there are 120 of these, they're all they're almost all individual episodes. You can make more than two full seasons out of evolution episodes alone. Yes. Supposedly. Supposedly, yes. If our numbers aren't horrendously off. Yeah. They're probably a little bit off because obviously like in Tamers, you know, um, Kazu's Digimon, sorry, Kenta's Digimon started at Ultimate, so yeah. we didn't have any. But I don't know, there's, there's lots to it. Yeah, no, and there's also the ones that happen in the movies, so it's... Uh... Oh my God. Like we got a, we got um, Omega Mon, 
And then we've got Magnamon, Seraphimon, Holydramon. Yeah, but that doesn't count as an episode. That's a movie. Yeah, that's fair. It's a short movie, though. It's a 20-minute movie. Screenshots of the week. I, I'm going to admit, I don't actually have one. I wasn't feeling too great this week, so... I don't actually have one, so I'm I'm sorry. I'll 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 I've got like screenshots that I took. I just need to upload them. I just haven't been doing too great this week. I'm the same, so I've stolen one of May's screenshots. Yeah, and and I'll upload that for the show notes, obviously. But yeah, I just haven't been doing that right. So I'm I'm really sorry, and I'll endeavour to be better. And I'm really sorry because you you guys deserve better. It's fine. It's just screenshots. We'll be fine. Digimon Design introduced Mirage Gogamon Burst Mode. I like him. He's friendly. He's a friend. It's a big blue night man. He's got a big big uh, crescent moon swordy thing. Crescent moon slash mace flail like what is this weapon and why it's um it's very impressive if you think so it looks like um it looks like a weird fan version of a lightsaber like oh i can make uh, you know a, a lightsaber well it doesn't have to be a sword shape it could be a it could be a mace or a spear uh, can it are you sure it can't it I, I think it's cool. I, I do like his design. Um, it's, but again, the burst mode is very much just like, let's take the original design, let's change the colours, and let's give him something shiny. Like something that's like explosive. Like we have uh, Shine Greymon's wings in burst mode. And yeah. then we have the big the big sword. The big... Uh, I'm not even sure what yeah, to say. Because it's a mode weapons. change, they shouldn't change shape a whole lot. And they don't. Yeah. Mostly their weapons change. Yeah, it's very much colours and yeah w- weapons. The Postmon Pat this week. First up, we have a weekly poll. And of course, as always, Jay will be reading the comment and I will be reading the, the results after that. We got one from Ellie Vaughan who says, I agree that the clip show in this episode is more justified than they usually are, but I still think it's too much. If it was just for the purpose of Yggdrasil illustrating its point to Craniumon, there'd only be flashbacks of brief key moments, just Mercurimon's death, just Kurata f- fusing with Belthmon, and not any of the surrounding parts. As we said, including things like Mercurimon in his dying moments, talking about how much he loves Ikuto, and Masaru and Shine Greymon fighting together to take down Kurata, really goes against the point Yggdrasil is trying to make. And what do you think about it? Do you think that episode I, 39 was a waste of time? I thought, well, yeah, I thought that some of those things went way too long. Like, the entire, yeah, the entire speech from Mercurimon to Ikuto is self-defeating if um, Yggdrasil is trying to say to himself, you know what, humans are all terrible. They deserve to die where one of his lieutenants is literally saying you're a great human being and you should you know, have the heart of a digimon but you are a human and you should be proud to live that way yes see i actually thought it was fine i felt like it served its purpose i feel like it actually gave us motivation for a, an evil dude who wants to destroy the world besides just i want to control both worlds or i just want to destroy the world we actually are given a reason and i feel like i think all the things he said were in that vein but i think the showing the flashbacks undermined that point i know i feel like otherwise it would just be walls of text or i guess like vocal text or something i just i found it fine um there were 10 total votes for this so it wasn't like a an extremely popular po- uh, vote and uh yep nine people said yes it was a waste of time and one person said no so i agree with that one person <laughs> but it's 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 fine again like it's a it's a whole opinion thing and i can see that it could have been done better but i felt like there are worse things they could have done and there are worse clip shows in the world oh, that there exist are, there are always worse things like i love atmos the Atmon clip show was not good. It just the, oh, it was only, real bad. the only good thing was a catchphrase counter, which was great. But because there, just because there are worse things out there, doesn't mean people should answer in the affirmative if that this was good. Yeah, no, that's fair. So we got a Gmail. We got it from Andrew, who says. 
the Japanese soundtrack to Hurricane Touchdown isn't very good, but doesn't um, be- they don't believe that the story is totally irredeemable or even bad. Wallace and his relationships with his Digimon are intriguing, and they ask good questions about what happens if a Digimon is uh, too far gone mentally and might need to be killed, which might be relevant in Try with Mako, all things considered. Uh, the Zero Two kids don't have much of a reason to be involved in the story, and the film would have worked better as a standalone. I think that would have been really interesting if it was just Wallace by himself dealing with these issues and you didn't have these other kids around. And I know, you know, it's a kid's show, so you need to have like the related, oh, here are these kids and you, you know them from watching the show, so you'll understand. Yeah. But it didn't need to be because people like Digimon and this kid, you know, has Digimon. It's something that they would be able to latch onto. Yeah. Zero Two isn't high among their favorite seasons, but even fans seem to dislike the movie. And uh, look, it's not a good movie. I feel like it could have been done better because it is, I agree with Andrew, like, it is an interesting thing about the whole like, what happens if a Digimon goes bad or is too far gone? Do we do we kill it? I feel like that raised a lot of interesting questions and I feel like the movie could have focused on that more if they weren't just trying to shove the Zero Two kids into it. If it was just a standalone story, maybe it was better. However, we had a standalone Digimon story. It wasn't good. Which one? X-Evolution. No, but that's, no, it doesn't mean uh, one about only Digimon. He means without... No no, 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 I know. I mean standalone as in like standalone from the series. Oh, well, yeah. It was crap. Um, but I think that the ingredients of this story were better than the ingredients of X Evolution, which is to say there were some. Um, we go on from Emimoto, who says, about episode 39, they thought the human disappearances happened before the Digital World Exposition. That was my impression as well, actually. And now we're being told that they happened after the first expedition. What is the timeline here? What came first? The expedition, all the attempts to contact the Digital World, all the disappearances. Um, I think the disappearances came first when they first yeah. said it, and I then think, they yeah, said, like, that doesn't make any no, 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 sense. I think the disappearance did come first, and then they maybe tried to contact it, and then they went on the expedition. Yeah, but the question is, like, okay, even if... The, it actually makes sense, right? The disappearances would come first, so then scientists would be tipped off there is another world to go to, and then they do the research and they find the digital world. But that begs the question, what did Digimon do with all the people who disappeared? I like to think they ate them. Yeah, but like you'd think that they go, oh, well, we've seen humans before. They're tasty. Like, they're not a threat. But they're not like that. They're all like, we've never seen a human before. What well, would have been... But we hate them. ...really disturbing, but I feel like would have had a good effect. If, imagine if they're just walking through the Digimon world and they trip over and they think it's a stone. Some bones. But it's a human skull oh, or something. That'd be confusing. And it's just, and it's like, oh, that's what happened to the humans who disappeared because yeah you're right we never actually find out what happened to the disappearances okay so here's the thing right you know how big a forest actually is yeah they're really big you can get lost in those and you can just die because no one can just run into you yeah now if you're a baby who's left in the middle of a forest you know how lucky Yakuto needed to be for Frigimon to show up and find oh, very. him yeah very much yeah so uh, that was a high chance of him just dying that's all I'm saying and with episode 40 they say Okay, I know Marcus is strong, but he should not be able to stop a Royal Knight with one punch. If Marcus could do that, then he should have been able to beat every opponent, both human and Digimon, he's come up against without the help of Agumon. Basically, yes. I absolutely agree. It's oh, what no, we're 100%, saying. 100%. He's so OP. As I said, like, the story should just be Masaru goes to the digital world, gets rejected by Dats, just starts beating up Digimon. <laughs> I'll do it on my own, okay? And it's like a quest to go get Agumon back. It's a uh, Hajime no Masaru. <laughs> Um, we got one on Tumblr from Anonymous who says, I really like your podcast, but the poop metaphor thing in the last episode was really disgusting. And I really hope we never do that again. Well, That's I, fair look, enough. I'm, I'm of the I'm, same opinion. I'm really sorry about that. I was trying to find a metaphor about how it's like Yoshino's better than Izumi, but it's but still quite bad. But they're all bad. bad. Yeah, I get that. But it was... 
you it was yeah, i was yeah, like right. oh, i was feeling pretty bad at the time no you're right no that's fine and i'm sorry i'll, I'll try better i'll try to find a better metaphor next time i'm really sorry um just stay away from bodily functions it'll be easy that's fair we want from ellie vorg who says my favorite part of episode 39 is the part where masaru suggests just moving everyone to the other side of the earth to save them masaru is so straightforward like that he's great i think i forgot to mention that but i love that as well they say also say, if you don't go in the butt you won't get the tiger cub makes a certain amount of sense if you assume masaru is unaware of where babies come out of oh god that is not what he's talking about <laughs> there is no um i think it's quite possible that he could think that's the actual idiom i think he's 14 so he's he's just old enough to i think not think that unless japanese yeah. sex ed is really I bad i don't know um again though i call it my sister but she's actually my cousin which basically means we're not related and it'll be fine <laughs> um <clears throat> i felt it was clear that the reason Gotsumon one came uh, comes back is because the writers wanted to show that losing memories is actually the norm for reborn digimon and bencho leomon was not wrong to warn masaru that it would happen yeah i, f- he- I, I feel like that too i've actually i think i was going to mention it but i just it just slipped my mind but yes I feel like they brought Gotsumon back just for the sole purpose of saying, see, it is possible, we told you, you didn't believe us because we had two on-screen bits of proof that this doesn't actually happen, but here's, here we go, here's, here we go, we're not lying to you, we promise, guys, we're sorry. Is there a word for, after, for like, foreshadowing, but the opposite, where, like, the thing it would foreshadow already happened? It's called an explanation? No, it's not, that's not it, though, right? Because it's not, it's not an explanation. What, what this would be, right, it would make way more sense to foreshadow this by having a Digimon die and come back and not have any memories early in the show so that the characters go oh well now we know what happens you've established a rule we understand whereas what the show has actually done is it broke the rule twice thus establishing the rule is that they remember and now we see a digimon forgetting they're like yeah no it's always been like that it just should have done it way earlier um acting like it's a complete accident that things came across that way and it wasn't something the writers deliberately had in mind is giving them far less credit than is reasonable i still don't think they deserve very much credit but fair enough and they also said they were thrilled to hear me bring up Gurren Lagann when talking about Masteru. The similarities between the show and Savers is the main reason that they're hoping we'll one day get enough Patreon support to be able to cover it. One the, day, maybe, hopefully. They do object to his claim to my claim that Kamina is Masteru times infinity. I still think that. Uh, have we not noticed how very many times Masteru has gone out about manliness? I counted, and assuming I didn't miss any, it's been 24 separate times as of episode 40. That's quite a lot. Masteru and Kamina are equally ridiculously over the top. I don't agree. Have you seen how long it takes for him to pull out that sword? That sword's a metaphor, my friend. <laughs> and that sword is a metaphor for manliness. And that sword will not stop coming out of that scabbard. The whole show's about that, whereas in tame in um in Savers? In Savers, that's the one we're in. In Savers, manliness is just a thing that Masaru sometimes talks about. That's why Kamina is Masaru times infinity. It is it is important. Um, and I say that um, Masaru would absolutely try and fight a giant mecha with his bare fists. That's basically what he's doing with the Royal Knights. They're pretty much mechas. Um, Dukemon says, ha what do you think you're going to do, break through my armor? But that implies he can take off the armor. But presumably he can't, right? Right. They say they also disagree with the idea that there needed to be more flashbacks of Masaru's dad in order for that moment in episode 40 to have its full effect. It's been made abundantly clear throughout the series how much Masaru looks up to his dad, even without flashbacks. Okay, to be clear, it's not about Masaru's feelings about his dad. I agree that he loves his dad. But what's important about that moment is having the audience say, I know this dad character as well. Not just I know how you feel about him, Masaru, but I also am aware of how he acts as a person. And so this is very shocking. Right. 
Um, so it should be obvious that this is something which he gets from his dad about the manliness talk, since we've seen Suguru talking about manliness back with Mikurimon, and if that wasn't enough to piece it together, in the flashback with the frog, Suguru told Little Master he did, quote, what a man should do when he let the frog go home. Then there's been those times when Masaru has had some very strong feelings about family and parents when dealing with other characters who've had parent uh, parental issues, which you two noticed and pointed out uh, when we covered those episodes. Not to mention how excited Masaru has been to hear all the stories of how awesome his dad has been in the digital world. It doesn't need multiple explicit flashbacks to get the point across, because this whole thing has been subtly built for the entire series. And finally... As to why there weren't more flashbacks anyway, consider that Masaru was four when he last saw his dad. Uh, there's probably only a handful of moments with his dad that he even properly remembers anymore. The point is not so much his direct memories, but the idolized image of his dad that he's built up throughout all those years of his absence. And I get that. I don't know, I just feel like we, we get some flashbacks of him, so they're not averse yeah. to showing him, but then I don't think we have quite enough to establish a shock factor that they're going for. I feel like the flashbacks we got in this week's episode 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 41 i feel like those were efficient enough though absolutely and i think what's important is that they showed you an efficient amount of information yes whereas i don't think the frog one showed an efficient amount of information i think it, was, I think it I showed think it was, very little i think it was a nice flashback but i feel like yeah episode 41 had better flashbacks for that purpose all right everybody join us for the next episode of fox spirit matchmaker justice equals power oh indeed strength is justice beast knight duftmon <laughs> Sorry, his name was Duffed. He's really cool looking. Leave him alone. <laughs> and human potential. Or break Craniumon's strongest shield. I guess they're going to break Craniumon's strongest shield. Probably. Heads up. Weekly Wonders this week. I've been rewatching Scrubs because I've lost control of my life and I've got all the, D- all the DVDs. So I'm rewatching that. It's not bad. Sick. Um, uh, The new Hearthstone expansion came out and it's really good. They introduced Dungeon Runs, which turn- which is a solo thing that turns the entire game into a roguelike. Where basically you start with a really small deck and you fight these bosses that have increasing difficulty. And every time you win, you can add a couple cards to your deck of whatever they offer you. And occasionally you get these crazy absurd power-ups or or cards that they could never print because they're too busted and OP. And it's a lot of fun. It's really silly and I really recommend it. Coolios. This week's Willy Poll is Lord Nightmon versus Lord Nightmon. But this seems or, or unfair. Rather- or rather, Crusadermon versus Load Nightmon. That also, like, Load Nightmon is so bad. Like, do, do you like the frontier version of Crusadermon, which is a girl, or Load Nightmon, which has a bad name, but is actually a male? Also, a Lisp. Also, I hate that Lisp. It's the but girl. It's, it's, Go it's, vote for the girl. <laughs> it's it's not it's it's not as bad as you know some like gay stereotypes they have in media, but I think it's still like oh, it's persona. borderline. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's persona. the worst one. Yeah. So why did you include this? You've tainted your entire game. You can find the link down in the description, and also in the description you can find our screenshots of the week and our weekly wonders, as well as our weekly poll. We also have a wet red bubble, which is linked in the description, and you can get more than just shirts there too. You can contact us and stay updated. You can email us at lostintranslation1 at gmail.com, or you can comment on this episode and message us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on that Translation on Twitter and you can find us on Lost in Translation on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. We have a scratch thread on With the Will and a red thread in the Digimon subreddit. And we would appreciate if you would view us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and any other podcast listening app that you use. Ratings really assist people finding the podcast and we'd really appreciate it. Also, we'll read it on the air. We now have a website and you can vote in our weekly polls, check out our release schedule and check out our blog posts. You can also donate to our Patreon with the link in the description from as little as a dollar a month. And that gets you access to a list of Slack chat 
group. But there are higher levels with more rewards, such as notes, early episodes, and more. And thank you to our current Patreon supporters, Sam Krieger, who has a podcast with Stevie called The Moncast, Stevie, who's also Stevie Padamon on Tumblr and is currently taking commissions there, Wuching Long, who you can find at twitch.tv forward slash Long, Metal Mamemon, Joe, Anime Guy, who's Anime Guy Kurosaki and the number one on YouTube, Chuckmon, Hirulato, who's at Hirulato on Twitter, Jason Morosky, Ryuchi, who's Frost and Magic on Archive of Our Own, uh, and Inkit.com uh, forward slash Raiden Allen. So uh, just to just to say something about that, uh, Raiden is re- well. Ryuchi actually mentioned that he has like if he, his uh, the ebook that's there at the moment gets like a certain amount of reads and likes. His one his book that he's writing will actually be considered for an actual ebook. Oh, cool. So please check that out. And we got, uh, also Stephen Reeves, who's at Wolverine Season 4 on Twitter, Kaidawashi, Mac, Noam, Riku, Chisai, who you can follow at Chisai236 on Tumblr, Kyle, Delady Bugman, whose anime blog you can find at baguburagu.wordpress.com, Glitchgoat, Azure McCool, Gene Hackmon, who hosts New World Sonata, which is a sci fi and fantasy audio drama podcast. Matthew, Anthony, who is at Anto Classic on Twitter, Lismet, who is Lekman on Tumblr, Sithobi, Ellie Vorg, who is Ellie Vorg on Tumblr, Sporky McForkenspoon, who hosts a Digimon podcast called Going Digital, Megan, Kyliak, Neobu, Jan, The Timeline Post, Silverhead Freak 25, Harvey, Alex, and Nick. You can also make a donation by PayPal in the description. It is paypal.me slash edgewalk. Make sure that's the podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye.